All right, and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty and Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Memphis, at DFF Memphis on Twitter. And man, have we got a banger of a show for you today. Going old school, it's a banger, it's a rager. It's all about desperation trades. We're in week 13, but before I get into all of that, I got to bring him in. It is the man with the the hour, the man with the power. His name is Jerry, at DFF on Twitter. Jerry, what's going on tonight, buddy? Nothing, man. You know, I'm sweating a few matchups coming up this week. I got a couple playoff spots locked up. I got one of my, I took over an orphan team, and that is secured with the 101, which is sort of what I was hoping for, so... You know, it's uh, my main dynasty. I am not making the playoffs, which is the lone heartbreaker, really, of the group. Heartbreaker and life taker. Yeah, I've I've only got one matchup that I can think of top of my head where I've got it all on the line. Actually, two. So in the off season, just before you joined the Dynasty Warzone show, I had done a Dynasty Podologist, is what we call it, startup, and I'm playing our buddies over at the Dynasty Happy Hour, Tyler Gunther and his crew. Uh, we're playing them, and we need the win and a little help to get in. And then in my old school redraft league, the league that I am the defending champion, uh, I need a little help. Uh, I caught two bad be- beats in a row in this league. Uh, two weeks ago, I had a 30-some-odd point lead going into the Monday night game between Kansas City and L.A., and my opponent only had Tyreek Hill. And guess what? When Tyreek Hill scores 40-some-odd points, you lose with a 30-some-odd point lead. And then this past week, playing a, a good friend of mine named Sakum, she she put the beat down on me as well. She had Dak and Zeke and Ebron. So uh, she laid the, the smack down on another week where I scored 138 PPR points. But you know what? It is what it is. So that's why we're doing this tonight. It's a desperation trades. We're going to talk about the trade deadline. We're not going to do where we were right and where we were wrong. Well, maybe we'll do a double helping next week or something. Or probably do a little something about some matchups going into week 14 that maybe you can exploit. But before we get on to all that, got a couple of things we have to take care of. One is we've been getting to them. So, so Jerry and I both work jobs that involve weekend hours. So we get to as many Twitter trades as we can. But if you just want a simple retweet of your Twitter trade, your start sit at Dynasty Warzone. Um, we get to just about as many of those as we can. Sometimes it is just a retweet, and I love to answer when I can. Uh, and so does Jerry. Uh, but if you want comments, tag me at DFF Memphis or tag Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Um, we'll help you as much as we can. So we got a lot to get to, a lot of news, a lot of notes, but uh, we got to get to some business. So here's a little business time. This day right here, we're going to start taking care of business. All right, time for me to tell you about our sponsor, gtbets.eu. It is officially football season. So head over to gtbets.eu for a sign-up bonus of 100% cash up to $500 on the first deposit and 50% up to $500 on the second deposit. Now these bonuses are cash as opposed to free plays. There is also a favorite team points discount for two teams in the NFL, two teams in college football, two teams in the NBA, and two teams in college basketball for the entire regular season. That's a free half point on two teams in each of those leagues. There's also live betting on every NFL game. And be sure to subscribe to the DynastyFootballFactory.com newsletter, which drops every Thursday for other amazing promotions from gtbets.eu. Thank you for checking them out. Again, big thank you to gtbets.eu for sponsoring the podcast. Jerry, you ready to get into a little bit of this news? Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. Uh, I entitled this news segment, We Are, Are, We Are, All On, The IR. Holy cow. I'll just start with uh, the Red Rocket, um, which I'm not supposed to call it, but that's a dog's penis. But the Red Rifle, <laughs> Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton lands on the IR with torn ligaments in his thumb. I'll ask you, what, first, what is the uh, immediate and what is the long-term impact of uh, Mr. Said Rocket tearing that ligament? Uh, I mean, I, in the short term, I think it should help Joe Mixon. Um, who's who's the backup in Cincy? Sorry for being ignorant to that situation. Driscoll. Uh, Jeff, Dr- Dr- uh, yes. Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. Okay. Yeah. How, how, could you, so, how could you forget him? Yeah, right. The Jeff Driscoll. Um, 
Yeah, I think I could see a lot of checkdowns to Joe Mixon. You know, I mean, A.J. Green's hurt. And listen, now you got a backup quarterback in, plus he's banged up. If you're the Bengals, don't get A.J. Green hurt. Just wait till that dude is 100% or shut him down. I mean, I know fantasy owners don't want to hear that. But honestly, as I would not be entirely surprised if they did something like that. So just if you do have A.J. Green and you're sort of relying on him come soon, you might want to find an alternative just in case something like that happens. Um, but yeah, as, as far as long-term, I don't really think he's the long-term guy as, you know, I mean, do I think Marvin Lewis is smart enough to get rid of him? No, cause he's a dreadful head coach, but you know, I, I think at some point they're going to go a different route. I, I think you're right, but you know, this Driscoll kid, like you said, former Gator, a uh, pretty decent recruit coming out of, of high school. And if these Twitter image, I'm sorry, these Google image pictures of him are correct, he looks to be another soulless ginger, just like just like Andy Dalton. So I hope that's just the, the Florida sun making his hair look red. But uh, we're going to move on to one that impacted me, both near and dear to my heart. And I'm going to talk about a trade involving this guy, well, his teammate, later in the show. Jack Doyle of my Indianapolis Colts is on the IR with an injured kidney or spleen or something. And uh, is Eric Ebron now a top three tight end the rest of the way? I think so. I mean, I think he's in the top four. And then the next tier after that, I think, is a steep drop. Once you get past, you know, Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, Ebron. I mean, Gronk looked pretty good. Maybe he's there, but I still think he's below the way things have gone. Yeah, and listen, Ebron scores a touchdown every game. If not every game, pretty damn close. As a bitter Lions fan, I have to hear about it on the radio every time about how terrible Bob Quinn is for getting rid of him. So, yes, I think he's a top three tight end. I know you do, too. I do, because you've, you've heard the – you sat in on my interview with our special guest that we're going to have for you here in just a little bit where I traded for Eric Ebron in the league where I needed a little tight end love. So – we're going to stick with from my Colts to your Lions, Marvin Jones going to the IR. Is it officially Galladay season? It's the holiday season. We got Santa. We just came out of Thanksgiving. We got New Year's and Christmas on us. But uh, forget the holiday season. Is it Galladay season? Oh, it is the Galladay season. They're just going to pepper that dude till the end of time. The Lions are, they're like tanking without tanking. So, I mean, they trade Golden Tate away. They're shutting Marvin Jones down. Yes, I think it is. they're just going to pepper him. And, I mean, you got Bruce Ellington. And, I mean, maybe you put Theo Riddick out wide, too. But, I mean, who else are you really going to want? Honestly, if I have Kenny Galladay, I am so happy right now because I feel like he's going to get eight catches every game, and he's not the guy that's going to catch eight catches from four yards past the line of scrimmage. Like, that dude gets chunk plays. So I would be very happy. Yes, it is the holiday season for Kenny Galladay. It is the holiday season. So do you? So I love Kenny Galladay. I actually traded for him in, a, in another league that I'm in. But you want the good news or you want the bad news on Kenny Galladay? All right, yeah, bad news first. Always bad news. I always first. eat your vegetables first. That's right, young man. So he's got a good matchup this weekend against the 19 ranked, the 19th ranked Rams pass defense that was just torched before their bye. Uh, against Tyreek Hill but after that in the fantasy playoffs weeks 14 15 16 he gets Patrick Peterson shadow corner he gets Tredavious White of the Bills shadow corner he gets uh, Xavier Rhodes of the Vikings shadow corner that is the fourth first and fifth worst matchups for the the fantasy wide receiver so it doesn't mean that he can't eat and that his volume won't be enough in the last three games he has had a combined 36 targets or 12 or more and in those three games he's had 19 25 and 14 ppr points so even if he doesn't get in the end zone he could be useful so it is most certainly the galladay season just want to make sure that uh you're prepared that it might not be all moonlight and canoes so let's yeah, just to add to the uh the Arizona thing. Yes, Arizona is a bad team, so you might think they would feast. The Lions historically struggle in Arizona. To my I, off the top of my head, I don't think they've ever beat Arizona in Arizona. And and if they have, it's been since before my lifetime and I was born in the 80s, so it has been some time. So don't rely on them playing a bad team. Patrick Peterson will slow him down. Absolutely. I don't think Peterson will follow him to the slot when he does line up for the 
occasional slot route. But it's not, not a good day at the office. So I love Galladay. If you got him, you're playing him because he's probably not your one. He's probably like your two or three. And if he's your three, he's great because even with tough, tough matchups, he's a great play. But let's go from guys that are not playing this week because they're hurt to guys that aren't playing. Well, first guy we're going to talk about is not playing because he's a jackass, and that's Leonard Fournette. He's he get, a jackass, he gets a, He gets suspended for one game for getting into a fight with Shaq Lawson of the Buffalo Bills. I mean, how do you feel if you're a Leonard Fournette owner right now? You just waited. He's coming off three great games. He's gotten 22 or more points in three straight games. And now, in what could be a very crucial matchup for some owners, you're not going to have Leonard Fournette. So, uh, A, are you mad at Leonard? And, B, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Hyde or TJ Yeldon this week? Uh, I'm going to get into that a little bit later, but to give you a short answer, TJ Yeldon. But, you know, in my my oldest redraft league, my fiercest rival, the guy that I talk the most stuff to and he talks the most stuff to me, he went on a six-game losing streak after starting. And he's won three in a row, and he needs to win this week. And he got suspended for the game. So I might have sent a few... Uh, harshly worded text messages his way after I found that out. But yeah, it like if for someone in his situation, come on, man. Like I, I, you wait the whole year for your stud that you took in the first or the early second. And then you come back, you tear it up and then you punch a guy with a helmet. He's wearing a helmet. What are you proving? I just, on a I, play that he wasn't even move. the game on, he wasn't even in the game. Yeah, it's he came off the stupid, bench. Randy. You know, this is a guy who got suspended last year for violating team rules. You know, you add into the fact that he has uh, habitual lower body injuries. It's now been a hamstring. He has ankle issues going back to last season in college. I'm telling you, I'm waiting for another good. I mean, and you saw the good run. Some knucklehead factor. The former co-host Mike Jernigan's knucklehead factor in full effect. Let's talk about another guy who's going to be out this week and, and is considered week-to-week with a grade 2 MCL sprain, and that's Melvin Gordon. Now, this one hit near and dear to my heart. Uh, my, my league where I'm 10-1 and one against some of the best guys in the industry. I've just had an amazing run in this league. Melvin Gordon has been a big part of that 10-1, and one. and luckily I have Austin Eckler, and if you don't, I feel very, very bad for you. But, uh, Jerry, do you have any Melvin Gordon, and uh, do you feel comfortable rolling Eckler in his spot? I would feel confident if I was rolling Eckler, but honestly, I don't. Ha- I think I have one share of Melvin Gordon. I just sort of went other guys at that time. Like I went wide receivers when I would have drafted Gordon. Um, but yeah, I mean the the game a few weeks ago when Eckler took over for Gordon when he missed, I think it was in London, maybe. Uh, you know, he sort of he sort of crapped the bed for you, but I don't think I think. You know, he's going to go out and just smack people around. I don't, if you have Eckler, which I hope you do, handcuff your studs, I don't think you'll miss a beat. I mean, he's, you know, he's he, not going to do what Gordon does, but he's going to be good enough for you. Yeah, he had 10 catches this past week in, in mop-up duty for the for the Chargers against the Cardinals. So he ended up with 26.3 PPR points, his best game of the season. In that Titans game that you're talking about, he had 11.8 points so not great but the titans rush defense is pretty good so by the way i posted this on twitter earlier there could be an owner out there that could have been going into week 13 needing to win to get in the playoffs and that owner could own melvin gordon and leonard fournette jerry are they having a bad day they are having such a bad day. I saw that tweet earlier, and I, I actually worst. laughed when I read it because I felt bad for those people. But, the, the, yes, that, they're having a bad week. If you're out there and you're listening, and we know that you are, uh, Jerry and I send our condolences. Uh, next, a little bit more running back news in that Rex Burkhead is off of the pup list and should be active this week. Who takes a bigger hit? Is it James White or is it Sony? I think it's probably James White, but I don't think it's much bigger. I think it's all about the same. I think it doesn't – I think it hurts everybody. But I feel like they want to run Sony Michelle out there more. And I feel like he's just a better talent, so he'll take less of a hit. So I, I'm i not going to be playing Rex Burkhead anytime, but I think it takes just a little bit of a hit. I, You know, the Patriots always have a way to make people relevant, and I think they're definitely going to do that with Michelle. And I'm sure White will find a way – to grab a little bubble screen and take it to the house just because I think he won't. 
You know, uh, I heard this on, I think it was on the Fantasy Footballers earlier that James White, since like a certain point, his receptions over the last few games are down from nine a game. His not, excuse me, not receptions, targets. His targets are down from nine a game down to seven a game. So it's not been all moonlight and canoes anyway. Rex Burkhead is a good catcher of the football and a good runner of the football, and Bill Belichick just trusts him, especially around the goal line. I agree. I was getting ready to give you the business via a nice sound drop, but I agree with you. I think it hurts everybody involved. So going to be real hard for owners this deep in the season to get away from Sony or James White. Just uh, the old Memphis standby temper expectations. Let's talk about what happens when uh, bad luck just continues to creep up and takes a big crap in your lunchbox. And that's Evan Ingram. He had a mysterious hamstring injury in warm-ups on Sunday, didn't play, this didn't make Twitter. There was no sound the alarm, no air raid siren that said, get Evan Ingram out of your lineup. And uh, you're getting ready to hear the story of Nate Pilmer, a good friend of mine and league mate. He's getting ready to tell his desperation trade story, which is what this episode's about. But Evan Ingram was his tight end. And he did not, he lost by, I believe it was, I don't know, eight, nine points. And an actual tight end uh, replacement could have helped him. So, Jerry, did you hear of anyone getting uh, bombarded by bad luck with Evan Ingram? Uh, I actually had Evan Ingram in a league and I just happened to be watching red zone and it, they, they mentioned it and I was like, okay, get him the hell out. And I picked up, uh, Jerry, uh, Jeff I'm, 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 I'm going to cut you off. Do you know how Twitter works? Help a brother out, man. Get on there. Sell me alarm. <laughs> I, I, listen, send listen. up two flares. So I, hopefully my boss is not a listener because I was at work and I I had red zone on on my phone while I was working a little bit. So Jerry, you need to tell your boss you were doing the Lord's work on a Sunday, trying to help <laughs> your fa- trying to help work. your fantasy owners, you know, your brethren out, get that out yeah. there. So, uh, but listen, I mean, as as far as relying on Evan Ingram, you were in between a rock and a hard place going in if that's who you were relying on because he has been, uh, for lack of a better phrase, poop in your lunchbox. I mean, uh, all year. Well, here's I mean, the thing. Just a hair, but... This is what you know, I told I mean, Nate. points are points. I get what you're saying, but... I told Nate, I was like, look, man, Evan Ingram is just as capable of giving you that zero whether or not he played. Yeah. So, so, right. so, so let's be fair. All right, last news story, because we can want to talk about trades. Everybody likes to talk about trades, and so do Jerry and I. The Jags are benching Blake Bortles. Blake the Snake is getting benched for Cody Kessler. And... Uh, I wasn't playing any Jags pass catchers anyway, but uh, how bad is this? And it's perfect timing for my, my surging Colts who are uh, fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, how craptastic are things in Jacksonville, Jerry? It's hilarious, if you'd like me to tell you the truth. In our preseason, when I predicted, I said they were not going to make the playoffs. I did not think they were only going to have four wins or three wins or whatever they have. But, yeah, it's craptastic, and we all knew it was going to be craptastic. All you had to do was watch Blake Bortles his entire career, and you knew at some point this was going to happen. And guess what? This happened. And now you got you got replaced by a guy that was a quarterback who got replaced on an 0-16 team. Sit down and eat your humble pie, sir. It's it's not good. At least he's making a nice paycheck. I'll say this. I was looking uh, – I, I like looking at mock drafts. I just, I'm, a, I'm a mock draft junkie. And I was looking at an NFL mock draft, and they had the Jags. I think they're drafting eighth overall. They had the Jags drafting Drew Locke, quarterback out of the University of Missouri. And I thought to myself, man, that's like repeating the exact same mistake you just made. Right. I was like, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? Anyway, we'll get into Drew Locke and Superflex and quarterbacks and everything. But uh, right now... I'm going to take you guys to a very special pre-recorded interview with good friend and league mate of mine, Nate Pilmer, at Dynasty Dog on Twitter. Check this out. All right, joining me for an interview about trades is none other than the trade machine himself, Nate Pilmer, at Dynasty Dog on Twitter. Nate, how are you tonight? Uh, doing great, Randy. Uh, glad to be here and uh, Nonetheless, talk trades is, you know, as you can attest to, is one of our favorite things to do. So I'm, I'm really uh, excited to get this going and have some fun with it. Yeah, you know, you inspired this segment and this episode of the Dynasty Warzone. The show's going to be enti- entitled Desperation Trades, The Trade Deadline. 
in the week 13 preview, but, but the genesis of this was your week 12 matchup with our friend Keith at FF Cable. At least I think that's his Twitter handle. Um, he's in the GOAT League with us. This is the one quarterback league. And last week in week 12, you and Keith had a, what they would call in the pro wrestling world, a loser leaves town match. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you guys were both, uh, I think, was it five and five and seven? It and essentially locked up the last uh, spot in the playoffs. It, well, ironically, because of the way the rest of the schedule fell out, there is three teams, two of which will make the playoffs, one of which will not. And so you started this off, and that, I don't want to say it was a desperation trade, but what I loved about it is that you were going to make a move. You were not going to go down without a fight. Now, what, what, so the trade that you made, I'll start with your trade. You traded uh, what is the currently locked in 101 for 2019, the current 104 for 2019. That, that one could change. That 104 could go all the way up to the 106 and maybe the 103, but it's going to be right there in that mid-first round range. And Peyton Barber. So the 101, the 104, and Peyton Barber, and you took Leonard Fournette. What was your thinking when you made that trade? Uh, well, a couple things. You know, it, I definitely wanted a better or more reliable RB2. I mean, I got, I got Saquon Barkley as my, my RB1 in that league. And my next running back there was like, well, the aforementioned Peyton Barber. I also had Deion Lewis and Kenyon Drake. Uh, and then uh, a waiver ad. I forget who it is. Uh, so I, I wanted a more reliable running back. And, you know, the way that Fournette came back uh, like a hammer uh, last week, uh, looked like he was fresh and ready to go. And this is going to be a rough first team, obviously. I mean, you're looking into how bad Bortles is playing. I knew this guy was going to get plenty of volume, not only in the run game, but also in the pass game. So I, I, I liked him. And I knew the guy that we had that I had made the trade with is a huge guy about draft picks. He loved the last year. He would not budge on moving any draft picks. I think he had three of them and, and two of them were really good. Um, and you, you could not get him to trade any of them. He wanted to wait until closer to the draft because he understands the value of draft picks. The closer you get to the draft, the more valuable these draft picks get, whether you like the draft class or not, you're sitting there in March and you kind of get, you know, for the more of the, uh, I'd say the more active or, uh, overactive fantasy players they they need their fix they need their football they need anything they can do and and the great thing about dynasty as we all know is it allows us to do this year round more specifically in in trades so um yeah he uh, he was the guy that last year who held onto these picks and uh, and again understands the value of an increasing value for draft picks the closer we get to the draft so i said hey it you know, if you have uh, interest in these picks, it's the number one overall, uh, and I'll throw in another early pick for him. And I want Leonard Fournette, and I needed I needed help to beat Keith this week. I desperately needed help to beat him, uh, and I figured Fournette was going to be the guy. And, and it started out great. <laughs> you know, it did. He he got ejected, but he did score you. I'm looking at his his player card right now. In our PPR format, he got you 25.8 points, and you you did make a solid play, in my opinion. He scored. We'll call it 28 in Week 10, his first game back from the bye and the hamstring injury. He then scored 22 against the Steelers, and then we'll call it 26 at the Bills. And then he has the Colts, who are the 20th-ranked rush defense. The Titans, which are currently number eight, but we saw what they got, you know, happened to them against the 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 Houston Texans this week in Lamar Miller. Then he's got the 22nd-ranked Redskins and the 20th-ranked Dolphins. So so you made a play on a guy that is very highly thought of I, I thought it was a genius play because like I said you, you were creating a tag team you had last year's 101 and you know this year's 101 in, in Fournette and Barkley so I thought it was a great trade and then he being the owner of Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill he went out and made a little move of his own so he wasn't going to go down he he went out and traded Trey Quinn which whatever he's a slot receiver Mr. Irrelevant from the Redskins and Tyler Higby, kind of like could be, could not be the tight end of the L.A. Rams, and what is currently the 2.07 for Josh Adams of the Eagles. Did, did that first move, did that bother you? Did it make you nervous at all when he went out and added Josh Adams to replace Hunt for the week? Uh, no. Uh, yes and no. I mean, like, Josh Adams is playing better than I think most have expected. Um, but I didn't necessarily see him as a threat, even though he – would have worked out in his favor to uh to to, to use them so uh initially my reaction was like okay 
I, I knew he saw the Fournette move, and it's like, oh, I, I can't let him Im- improve because, like you said, this is winner go home. Uh, so we, we were both trying to max out. This is this is we're going all in on this week, and we we knew if we wanted to advance, we had to beat each other. So Keith not is is not a person to be outdone. Uh, it was it was it was concerning. Uh, I mean, I was definitely happy with the no show of Jordan Howard earlier in the week. Um, so it was it was better for me uh, to look at that. But once he started making some quick moves here, yeah, a little concerning. But I was overall worried about that particular move about being the straw that probably take him over the top. You know, I, I do. And and Josh Adams actually scored you know right at 16 PPR points last week. So that that wasn't a horrible move for him. But he wasn't done there. He went out and did what I considered a bit of an overpay. And I think he was overpaying for the matchup, which seems odd in Dynasty. It kind of almost felt like a redraft move. But he went out and sent Josh Adams and Eric Ebron, the on fire. Now, Eric Ebron, in fairness, was coming off of a gooser, a goose egg, a zero, a donut. And he traded Josh Adams and Eric Ebron for Matt Breda. So when he got Matt Breda, ironically playing your favorite team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week, then what did your mindset shift to? It's like, okay, he had Adams, but now he's got Breda. Well, I I actually tried to trade Breda away from him. (laughs) Uh, I I, I knew it was an extreme reach to not only trade with your opponent for your playoff life, uh, but, you know, he he made the overpay for him. Because he knew, A, they're playing the Bucks, and that defense is just a goldmine for opposing offenses and fantasy. Uh, and Breda's been playing great. Uh, now, from a dynasty standpoint, it's really tough to tell Breda's long-term role there. I think he's played well enough to secure a, a you know, to, just to be – he's not going anywhere. Let me put it that way. But I do think when, when McKinnon comes back, if they don't get rid of him because of the salary, I think that it's going to be uh, tough for Breda owners. But I understand why he made that move. Uh it just and just from Keith and I's perspective, our season right now was was tough to stomach. We both scored a high amount of points. I mean, we had really good players on our team. We just, you know, for some for some reason, uh, we couldn't we couldn't put up a, a record that reflected the total points that we scored in, in this league. Um, so it's really frustrating. So I, I think it was we both had the same mentality. We we had to make moves to maximize the potential for this week because we were tired of losing. And we wanted this playoff spot. Uh, so, and like you said, this is, you know, desperation trades. Uh, they, they will happen. It, 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 Breda's not the guy I say was something that, uh, uh, or Keith didn't really overpay to the point where it handicapped his roster. Uh, he overpaid in value, sure, but uh, it, it brought on a, team, a guy who helped him win the week. Um, so, definitely, I, I that was the move that concerned me. The Josh Adams, not so much, but acquiring Breda because I knew he was playing in a good matchup and he's a good PPR back. That was what uh, got me to sweat a little bit. Well, I, I will tell you that he actually would have been better off had he just kept Josh Adams, who scored like a half a point less than Adams. I'm mean, excuse me, less a half a point less than Breda, and got Eric Ebron's 21. But yeah. I will tell you, so everybody wants to know how this story ended. So who won? Was it was it Keith or Nate? If you can't tell by the tone of of Nate's voice, he did get edged out. Um, it was a great game. Uh, Keith started off hot with. Odell Beckham and some of his other players, and Nate battled back, the scrapper that he is, and they went into Monday night, and Keith had about a five-point lead, and it was Corey Davis against Deion Lewis, and that was a coin flip because Deion Lewis, you know, he could have done the job, but the long touchdown to Corey Davis, I think it was a 48-yarder, was uh, was the death blow, but to Nate's credit, he is never out of the fight. He is always in there. And he and I, Nate and I, were talking trades all the way up until literally game time Sunday. And we, we were both, I mean, we were talking big names. We were talking packages of, you know, Saquon Barkley and Melvin Gordon and Amari Cooper and, and Kenny Galladay. We don't shy away from the big We names. don't. We, 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 we're I not mean, scared. Uh, you, you, if you're scared, go to church. But I will ask you about a trade that I made in this very same league. So I had been, now I'm 10-1. and one. I'm the number one seed. Got a first-round buy locked up. And, uh, but I've been doing this all year with a ragtag band of misfits at the tight end position. I've had Kyle Rudolph, I've had Josh Reed, I've had a little Chris Herndon. And then news came out on Monday afternoon that my Colts, my favorite team, uh, Jack Doyle, went on season ending IR with an internal, like, kidney or spleen or some kind of internal organ injury. And he's on IR. And if you go back and look in those, those games earlier in the season that, 
that Doyle missed. Ebron was averaging 15 PPR points a game. He's been on a touchdown heater. Andrew Luck has thrown 24 touchdowns in eight games and just been an absolute awesome run for the Colts. So I thought, you know what? I started contacting Jason, the owner who received Ebron from Keith. And we went back and forth. And and eventually, I wanted Eric Ebron in a second for Devonta Freeman. But he would not budge. And you know what? Sometimes you have to overpay. And in this league that we're talking about, I've got the a top five, actually a top two quarterback in Breeze. I've got a top five running back in Melvin Gordon. And luckily, I've got Austin Eckler and Joe Mixon behind that. I've got two top five wide receivers in Julio and Michael Thomas. But I had crap. I had garbage at the tight end position. And uh, the teams that we're talking about, I mean, even you, you, you had bad luck at tight end. You had O.J. Howard, but, you know, Travis Kelsey owner still alive. Zach Ertz is still alive. Gronk is still alive on rosters, so I went out and made a move. What what do you make of my Eric Ebron for Devonta Freeman trade? Well, I think you laid it out pretty much how it's you know how I would uh, evaluate it is uh, you know obviously yes I think we both agree that Devonta Freeman um, in in the long term scheme of things is the better asset, the more valuable player. But you know like like you said with your roster. Uh, and what you're trying to accomplish right now, that's that's the whole point of trades. You, you you need to evaluate where you stand now, and if you're competing, you you make decisions that will help you go over the top and win the championship. And then, since it is dynasty, you have to look at how it affects your roster long term. I'm looking at your roster, and again, Devonta Freeman is going to be uh, a more valuable asset than Ebron just because of the position. I I, I just personal or uh, I think it's a more common opinion, uh, I think, is that the tight end position is not as, as valuable as the running back. But um, when I look at your roster, I think it would be it would tough for me to go into next year and be like, well, I don't. there's not many times where I can see Devontae Freeman carving out a starting role for you. Um, I mean, Melvin Gordon, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon are, are the three running backs you can roll with. Uh, you also got Royce Freeman and Eckler. Uh, if if it came down to an injury issue, even even Buck Allen is an option, and then and then you have like five or six receivers uh, who I arguably say will at worst would be a coin flip with Devonta Freeman. So uh, it, it doesn't necessarily hurt you long run, and it helps you right now because unfortunately at the tight position you can only start a tight end, you cannot start anybody else. So getting Eric Ebron there, and the good news after the fact with Jack Doyle going to IR. Uh, I think it just kind of tips the scales for me. Um, I, I on paper, Devonta Freeman, sure, but this is a great move for you, and it just only helps you accomplish what you wanted to do in this trade. And, and honestly, that's what we all want to try and do. Like, you're not going to win every trade, like on Twitter polls will say, or the popular opinion. But fine, I won't win a Twitter trade, but give me the championship. I'll take that any day of the week. That's right. I'm trying to chase a championship. So listen, he is a trade machine. He is a trade fiend. And he is a damn good friend of mine. His name is Nate Pilmer at Dynasty Dog with two G's. He's on the West Coast. That's uh, Dynasty D-O-double-G on Twitter. Uh, Nate, thanks for jumping on with me for a quick segment. And we'll catch you next time. We'll get you in the offseason. Hey, thanks for having me on, Randy. See you, bud. All right, big thanks to my buddy Nate Pilmer. I love me some Nate. Man, that was uh, a tough way to go out but he went out uh, as the spartans would say he went out on his shield so good for him way to fight nate and thank you for and coming in the long on. run the spartans and the greeks won just for any of you it, history it, out there it, it, for those of you that know, don't know i believe jerry is going to school to become a professor of history is that correct true world history not world history. yeah world too yeah. short it's too boring there's not enough cool stuff yeah, we're, we're not as cool as we think we are here in America sometimes. All right, I'm not going down that road. Let's uh, let's talk about the fantasy trade deadline, Jerry. Um, I, I've got some do's and don'ts for you. I'm going to start with my first don't, and that is don't shut down trades for non-playoff teams. Now, every league has a play, excuse me, a trade deadline, which if it's the way that the good Lord intended it to be, it'll be this Thursday at 7.30, about a half an hour before Thursday night's game. Everybody can trade. Hey, that's cool. So something that myself, Nate, and JD, another league mate, we created this last year, is that instead of having our trades on auto accept, where if you know you and I created a trade and accepted it, it would go through. What we do is, is as of Thursday night at 8 o'clock, 
all trades will go to commissioner approval. And any trade involving two non-playoff teams will be pushed through by JD the commissioner instantly. Any trade involving one or more or you know one or two playoff teams will be left in I guess you can call it like a stasis. It would just sit there and the minute both teams are eliminated, that trade would then be pushed through by JD. Jerry, what do you think of our uh, our, our trade deadline policy there? That's fine. I something does need to be done about playoff team trading in my opinion. I know there's a lot of people out there that think it's fair game for whatever. I just I don't I think it's a little risky to have a non-playoff team trading with a playoff team. You know, two playoff teams, I guess that's I don't know, but then you're towing the line too much. I think you're just you're eventually going to run into trouble. But I just I don't know, non-playoff teams and playoff teams trading during the playoffs, that's just you know, something something fishy's going to happen at some point. So I like that. That's, I mean, it, personally for mine, we just we shut it down at the playoffs. But I like something like that. I mean, it gives teams fighting for it actually something to fight for in the future. You know, and it, and it keeps the, the teams not going to the playoffs engaged. It's like there's a reason to talk. Hey, maybe, like, I'll bring him up. We talked about him before. Dante Pettis. I'm a huge Dante Pettis guy. I think he's going to be a good wide receiver in this league. Actually had a pretty good game last week. But, yes, it, it, you know, if, if, if you're a non-contender or you're in a rebuild or maybe you're, every league's got the, the, the owner that's got like a bajillion draft picks. And if I'm the owner with a bajillion draft picks, I'm, you know, trying to throw a second at a Dante Pettis. But you know what? If the trades are shut down and the juices of Dynasty Fantasy Football aren't flowing, I may not get around to trying to make that trade until the spring. So don't ever, you know give a team a reason to stop being active that's the whole point of doing the trades the way that we do jerry give us a do or don't uh of yours as it relates to trading mine is don't stand pat and as one of the well the leader and founder of the dff mg michael goins always says always be building and that's as far as dynasty goes i think that's perfect it's, whether it's you know to win now or win in the future, do something. I mean, you could have the best team, and there's there's a hole somewhere. There's somewhere you could do it. I mean, not every. How many teams do you have in your leagues that are twelve and zero? I don't think I have any. I know of the nine hundred in the Scott Fishbowl, four people were undefeated. So I mean, it's. Not I was not high. one of them. <laughs> yeah, I I think like you know three and nine or four and eight or something, but. So that's great. Thanks for taking Le'Veon first year, you bozo. But yeah, don't, great don't stand pat. Either If you're a losing team, try and build for the future because you don't want to just be a lame duck. That is one thing you do not want to do. Or if you think you can win that title, do something about it. Well, it's funny you say that. next year is not going to help you win immediately, trade it, get rid of it so you can drink from the chalice of glory. Uh, you and your chalices. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I just in the interview I had with Nate, I talked about where I, on a roster that's 11-1 chasing a championship, I traded Devonta Freeman for Eric Ebron. I need a tight end help. Eric Ebron is going to be a top three or four tight end the rest of the way. And Devonta Freeman was going to be my, you know, fourth-ish running back. I could afford, it's a bit of an overpay, but you're right. Don't stand pat, even if you're 11-1. There, there are always like things Nate you can did. do. You know, don't be afraid to lose a Twitter trade if it means you win your championship. I'm, you know, uh, dude, I'm here to make go money. Go over the top and win your title. I'm here to make money, not win Twitter trades. And that's the bottom yep. line. So we're going to move to the next one. Mine is, is do create an environment of trades. You know, have open channels. Don't ever be um, – there's no player on my roster that's untouchable. Uh, Nate – the guy we just talked to, he way overpaid for Barkley earlier in the season, but he really wanted him. I was dead set on not trading uh, trading Barkley, but he came to me with what we like to call a godfather offer. That's a, an offer that you can't refuse. And he uh, Horrible Marlon Brando there, by the way. Not the uh, worst. Better hey. than I would have done. Yeah, but you know, he, he came at me hard, and, and I said yes, but always create an environment. Be open to trades. Talk about trades in your group feed. Encourage trades. Always have trades going it makes dynasty so much more fun jerry what do you think about that and then give us your next do or don't i think that's perfect and i got i got one more and this is my favorite one use your situation to your advantage if you are a struggling team 
and you haven't ate like I I have a league, my my main dynasty league that I missed the playoffs in. I had Julio Jones. I don't listen. By the time my team is good, Julio Jones will be on the end of his leg. You know, go to that team that's in second or third place and they're looking up at the juggernaut sitting at eleven and one and they want to win. Trade him there. Get get some picks. Get it whatever you can. Now the guy I traded him to, he had piss poor wide receivers, but he had running backs. It's like he has a crystal ball in the rookie draft and has just accumulated monsters. He has Todd Gurley. He has Christian McCaffrey. He has Alvin Kamara. And then he drafted Nick Chubb this year. So I sent him straight up Julio for Nick Chubb. And he told me no. And then the very next week, you know, he had, he was starting Elshon Jeffrey and he said, okay, I want Julio Jones. I'll never start Nick Chubb. Boom. Done immediately. Just that's what you got to do. Or if you have to, you know, if you have to buy in his situation, he wants to win the title. He thinks he has a good team, which he does. And he's going to secure that championship by doing something like that. And that's what I think you have to do. Always use whatever leverage you have, use whatever situation you're in to your advantage to get the deal done. And, and you're absolutely right. So here's the thing. If this guy, I don't know that your, your home league, but it's a dynasty league, it sounds like. If, if, if you win first place, usually first place is usually nine times the buy-in. Eight times should be the minimum. So if you paid 50 bucks and you win the league, you should win four or 450. And the guy who wins second should probably win 100. And then there would be, should be some kind of keep him involved prize. We'll get to that some other time. But if you win and you win first place and you get 450 bucks back, you just paid for the season that you just finished. And you just paid for the next eight seasons of that dynasty league. Okay, yes, trade Nick Chubb, you know, trade Julio for Nick Chubb. It's it's not necessarily quote unquote fair, but you know what? You did what you had to do. He did what he had to do, and that's that, that's also the bottom line. So I'm going to get into my final one, and, and, and my final one is don't go around vetoing or accusing people of collusion. Just because you don't like a trade, just because you don't have the networking skills, just because you don't have the salesman skills, does not mean you should run around and, and accuse people of doing something inappropriate. A lot of us take our integrity very seriously. I do. I have a trade out to a very good friend of mine, a former guest of the show, Jim, at Jim Slade, says on Twitter, and but before I hit send, I talked to the commissioner of the league, I ran it by couple of friends in some group chats. I'm like, I just want to make sure this is all on the up and up. Because if this thing happens to get accepted, I want to make sure that it's all on the up and up. And, and integrity matters. And you don't ever want to challenge someone's integrity unfairly. So don't go around accusing people of collusion or cheating and veto trades just because you wouldn't do it or you wouldn't like it. Jerry, what, what you got? You got anything else before we leave? Yeah, I got to do a little rant on vetoes real quick. You got me a little fired up after that. Like you said, just because you wouldn't do a trade doesn't mean everyone would. And it also doesn't mean it's a bad trade. If after the end of the 2016 season, you traded David Johnson away for Alvin Kamara, that would have been vetoed instantly. Coming off the greatest season that a running back had had in eight years for a rookie who had never played, it would have been vetoed immediately. And right now, sitting here, you would love Alvin Kamara over David Johnson. If this rookie draft that had just happened, if you would have traded Rashad Penny for Philip Lindsay, same thing, vetoed instantly. What you want to, is anyone on the planet going to trade Philip Lindsay for Rashad Penny right now? No. Values change constantly. And we, none of us, we would love to say we could predict the future, but we just, we care and we watch a lot and we do our best to determine what's going to happen. That doesn't mean we know. And you don't know either. So let teams run their team how they want to. It's not you run your own team. That's sorry. The veto thing always gets me so pissed off because it's, I've seen it over and over where guys get so old. Oh, that's an unfair trade. And then two years down the road, oh, wait, Eddie Lacy is fat and useless. It's just, things like that. All right. Well, I'm going to cool Jerry off for a second. And we're going to move into the second part of this trade extravaganza and we're going to go into some last second trade targets 
and guys were, were using as trade bait. So I'm going to jump right to my first one. My first target is Amari Cooper. And yes, this is big. He's coming off of uh, the best game of the week last week at the wide receiver position. I believe 38 PPR points. His monster. I, yeah, I posted this on I posted this on Twitter earlier as well that his his playoff schedule is absolutely delicious. It's tasty. He's at home to which is home is Dallas. He's at home to Philadelphia and their 27th ranked pass defense. Then he's at my Colts and their 19th ranked pass defense. And then he's back in Dallas at home to the 26th ranked Tampa Bay defense. Man, if I can get my hands on an Amari Cooper share, I don't know what I'd give up. Uh, obviously, I'd like to give up as little as possible. But if I'm targeting anybody in uh, the wide receiver world right now, it's Amari Cooper. Jerry, you like Amari, and who are you targeting? I love Amari. I've always been an Amari guy, and I was sort of upset that he struggled for a while in Oakland. Glad to see it was just being in Oakland. My strategy is not one guy specifically. It's target injured players. You know, I mean, if you're going for a championship this year, it's probably not the best strategy. But otherwise, the Devonta Freemans, the Darius Geises, the Jarek McKinnons, Will Fuller. I mean, those type of guys. They're going to be a little reduced in value right now. They're, they should still be productive. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think AP is going to be the guy next year. I think that's going to be the Darius Geis show. Same. I mean, Tevin Coleman's going to be gone. I think it's going to be the Devonta Freeman show. So just they they are at a little bit of a reduced price. I mean, if you can snag them, especially for teams that don't need them this year, they're trying to win. They could use help this year. Those guys, baby. That is a great nugget for the non-playoff owner listening to today's show. If you're in a league where you're not a playoff contender – Start looking for those contenders that need a little something-something, and you can scoop up the guys he mentioned, Freeman. Uh, that's how uh, I got Ebron. Again, the, the guy who got e- got Freeman for me, he is in you know a, a down season, but he's now got Geis, he's now got Freeman. He's building a little something for next year. So that's a great bit of advice for the owner that's not contending in 2018 but could be contending next year. My next target's Philip Lindsay. And Philip Lindsay comes courtesy of our buddies, the Aussie guys, at Aussie Guys NFL, AJ and G. This was on their podcast a couple weeks ago. And they recommend getting Philip Lindsay. Now, he does play the ninth ranked against the Rush, 49ers in Week 14. But then he gets the 27th versus the Rush, Browns in Week 15. And the 31st against the Rush, Oakland Raiders in Week 16. Championship Week against Oakland. Are you kidding me? Philip 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 Lindsay, there's one. Are you a contender? Do you have Devonta Freeman on your roster? Do you have ah, other, could, I like could, it. Could, could, could could you trade Freeman for for Philip Lindsay? Could you trade I don't know if you would, but you know, uh, Jarek McKinnon for Philip Lindsay. I'm going to take Jerry's last guy, last point and mine and combine it into one, but yeah, I'm trying to get Philip Lindsay. Jerry, give us another target if you got one for us. I do. Um this is sort of a twofer. It's Texans. So, I mean, Lamar Miller, I think, you know, what happened with the 97-yard run, that was pretty, and it was good to see. You know, I don't, I'm don't, i not relying on it. But him and Demarius Thomas have a lot of nice matchups coming up. You know, they got a game against Cleveland. They got a game against the Jets. And championship week, they play the beat-up Eagles secondary and that defense, you know, and they're cheap. You know, if you need – if you have a couple flexes in your dynasty league, I, I would love to see one of those guys in my championship because they're not they're not going to cost you a ton, and they may just have good weeks just because of the good matchups. I would agree. Well, now I'm going to kick it over to a couple of guys that I'm dangling. I got it dangling out in the wind, baby. And uh, the first guy I am dangling is A.J. Green. Uh, A.J. Green, he's a great wide receiver. I was just looking at his player card. He was in double digits every game that he played. He's got six touchdowns on the season. But, you know, here's the thing. He's 30 years old, and that's not like old as in relation to the earth, but that's pretty old for the NFL, especially with a guy that, you know, hasn't, you know, played a full season. I guess he did play 16 last year, but, but he's missed time a lot, and he's getting up there, and I think you can tell the fact that he's getting up there in age, and he ends his season in weeks 15 and 16. He's playing Oakland and Cleveland. So maybe you can sell his name cachet, and maybe you can sell 
the schedule to get out from under A.J. Green, especially if you're one of those teams that you're not going to make any noise in the playoffs or you're not contending because by the time your team's ready, A.J. Green will be gone. So, Jerry, who uh, who is the first guy you're dangling? Uh, you know, I I was actually going to go a different route. I wanted to do a super flex bonus guy. So it's not even guy, it's guys. You know, we've seen the likes of Mitchell Trubisky, Jared Goff. You know, they struggled when they first came into the league. And now we look at them and they look fantastic. So I, I would take shots at a couple of the rookies, Josh Allen, Rosen, Darnold. You know, I mean, Baker's getting all the press. You know, you're not going to be able to do that for cheap. But th- those guys, I feel like it, one of them is going to explode, just like we've seen from Trubisky, just like we've seen from Goff. If you can afford to give up a skill position that someone is in need, maybe for their championship, and they've got this guy just sitting on the bench, take a snag at him, man. I mean, QBs are so valuable in super flex leagues. I know because I have one, and I have just been ravaged by injuries. Just because I was streaming them, and of course they were. We Blake Bortles is one of them. It shows how good that team's doing. But you know, grab one of these younger guys especially like guys like darnold like darnold's like 20 years old he was like god i sound like a he's like an old man yeah he couldn't even drink a beer i mean he he was born when the spice girls were singing like just grab someone like him and you know maybe you can have a lottery pick just explode on you next year the year after that if they can get some wide receiver help which all of them should i i would agree i actually saw the bills in that same mock draft i referenced earlier they had Nikhil Harry mocked oh, to, to the Bills. Don't talk so, to me like that. Get yeah. me excited. Yeah, but uh, Josh Allen, I'm glad you brought him up. I, I, I had him on my potential. Uh, he's on my off-season buy list. He rushed for 100 yards, uh, 99. Uh, the kneel down cost him the 100-yard game last week. But I'm going to get into my last sell, and that is Mr. Rob, my personal favorite, Gronkowski. So I love Gronk. I, I always have. He was my Twitter avatar for a, a hot minute. But it's time to go. I mean, he's he's been in the league a long time, been fighting back injuries. We've talked about this. He's had uh, five or more catches in two of eight games this year and zero games of ten or more targets. So his volume's not there. Tom Brady's not throwing touchdowns. But I think the name cachet, like the, the, the before I made the Ebron deal, I was – I was inquiring to Gronk because the Gronk owner is also a Zach Ertz owner. So I'm like, man, you you want, you, you, you want to do a little something-something? And I'm really glad that I didn't because I don't think I could have got Freeman. Excuse me, I could have got Gronk for that same price. So I'm dangling Gronk if I have him. Uh, I've actually sold him because wherever I had Gronk, it felt like I was in a rebuild. So uh, I wish Gronk and his championship-bound owners all the luck, but I'm moving him if I can. Jerry, you got anybody you're dangling on the way out? No, but I do, you know, I have Gronk in a league, my my only Devi league, and I have a lot of good Devi players, but my team is just bad. Like, it's not good. I It was my first Devi league, and I'm in it with a bunch of guys who do Devi, so I, I was in above my head, to say the least. But I have Gronk, and I have Kittle, so I've been trying to get rid of Gronk, and just, you know, they, everybody in that league feels just like you do, so they're just not biting and of course, you know, I think he's going to have a good end of the year. I feel like he's going to be healthier and get his touchdowns. But unfortunately, if he does catch the touchdown next week, the trade deadline will be passed and I will be stuck with him. But, you know, you so just got to like hope that pick. You just like got to hope that he doesn't go to WrestleMania again this year and, yeah. and, and become the next Hulk Hogan brother. Well, Jerry, it's uh, it's time to go to the theater why don't you tell all these fine people about your favorite Brit and uh, Lord Bigglesworth? How oh, that is at LD underscore Bigglesworth. He is one of my favorite Brits. That is certain. Absolutely. I'm waking him up. And welcome to Overreaction Theater, where everything you observed deserves immediate reaction. Uh, I don't know if I love his accent more or the uh, or the music in the background, but my overreaction this week is that I'm not overreacting to is Pittsburgh's loss at Denver. Um, great game out of Juju, a, a solid game out of Antonio Brown. James Conner has kind of come back to earth a little bit, but 
If you've never been to Colorado or been at that kind of altitude above sea level, I can tell you I'm a pretty in shape guy. I work out four or five days a week, and a couple of weeks back I went on a little vacation there in the, the Denver, you know, Boulder area, and you get up there in that thin air, it's not necessarily the easiest thing to adapt to quickly, so Denver's always been a tough place to play, and I'm not freaking out about the Pittsburgh loss. I'm still big and bullish on Pittsburgh in the AFC. So, Jerry, what are you not overreacting to this week? Uh, Lamar Miller's game. You know, I mean, he went 12 carries, 161 yards, but one of them was on a 97-yard run. Now, listen, Lamar Miller can have a 97-yard run. Uh, The second, the last time someone ran that many yards on one play was Lamar Miller. So it's it's something that he's done from time to time. Listen, he only got 12 carries. He's only getting about 12, 13 carries a game. Don't expect it all the time. I think he's going to be steady Eddie with his good matchups the rest of the way. But I think that's going to be good for, you know, 10 or 11 points if he can score a touchdown. I don't think it's 12 carries for 160 yards and we've seen some resurgence. So don't. Don't go crazy. If you've been benching him for other players and it's been working out, don't put those guys on the bench for Lamar Miller. That's all I'm saying. That is all he is saying. Well, listen, I am going to move us on over to the bargain bin. And this week's bargain bin player for me is Mr. Rhett Ellison. Uh, Who is Rhett Ellison? He is the tight end that took over for Evan Ingram this week. I don't think Evan Ingram plays this week, and even if he does, do you want to play a guy with a bum hammy, especially when he's competing for targets with Barkley and Beckham and Shepard? But you know what? Rhett Ellison, because of his blocking chops, could be a tight end, streamer, plug and play, and there's not many streamers going around there in Dynasty, so it's a Hail Mary, it's a reach, but you know what? I'm going to go Rhett Ellison. Jerry, where are you going in the bargain bin this week? I'm going Justin Jackson, running back for the Chargers. He, you know, Eckler should get the workload. I think that's almost a certainty. But Justin Jackson's been good. You know, former Northwestern guy, the Big Ten West champs. Hopefully they can knock off the Buckeyes in the Big Ten title game. But, you know, last week he went seven for 57. I mean, that's sort of the same stuff I've seen the Big Ten out of him. I was high on him coming into the draft. He went undrafted, sort of in that same sort of Josh Adams role. Um. Yeah, I just like him. I've always liked him. Maybe that's why I'm I'm picking him now, but I just think he's good, and I think in that that's a good offense. I could easily see him doing a little bit of damage and being worth a pickup. All right. Well, hey, listen. You know what? I've uh, I've got some amends to make over these next two segments because I recommended as my DFS darling last week, Mister Eli McGuire. And you talk about crapping in your lunchbox now. Neither one of us all season long had really missed a DFS darling. We had had uh, pretty good success, a pretty good track record of giving you a cheapy play that allowed you to pay up. So I am going with Case Keenum. Case this week is playing at the Cincinnati Bengals. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hey, why are you... You know, recommending Case Keenum because he's playing Cincinnati. Did you see what Baker Bayfield just did to Cincinnati? And Cincinnati has given up 25 passing touchdowns on the season. He's only 6,900 on FanDuel and 5,200 on DraftKings. I actually set a lineup earlier today where I've got a Case Keenum, Emmanuel Sanders stack. So uh, I'm still learning the realm of DFS. This is the first year I've taken it super serious, but... I'm not playing the man, I'm playing the matchup, and I'm going Case Keenum in an attempt to get right, get back on the on the winning ways of the DFS darling. Jerry, who is yours this week? I think I know where you're going. I'm going with TJ Yeldon. I know it's a little scary with Carlos Hyde. He's not dead. and But with Fournette being out, you know, TJ Yeldon's 4,800 on FanDuel, 44 on DraftKings. I mean, that's so cheap. And... You know, he's the one that's familiar with the playbook. He's the one that's been getting work all year. I'm just leaning that way. Uh, Carlos Hyde is 3300 on DraftKings. He is more expensive on FanDuel. But if you want to go DraftKings and go a little risky, Carlos Hyde's not a bad bet because 3300 I'm actually 3500 on DraftKings. And you said you're in good shape. I get winded if I run to the Dunkin' Donuts store because it's cold outside and I got to run. So I... 
I like TJ Yeldon. He's going to be my guy this week. It's a little risky, but I've, we've been doing good, like you said. And I know you you missed last week, but you know I got I got a good feeling. I I think the Jags are going to turn it around a little bit. You, you know, they the the Jets still had a bunch of checkdown passes, but how was I supposed to know they were all going to go to Chris Herndon, where who wound up with seven receptions for fifty seven yards? That was kind of what I was expecting Eli Mack to get, but no excuses. You you screw up, you know. Around here, we own it. We apologize, and we. Uh, we double our efforts to find you a better play this time. And speaking of which, after going on a three-week heater in the gtbets.eu parlay of the day, uh, I'm staying the hell away from the Arizona Cardinals. They have burnt me two weeks in a row. Um, that would have been one of my where I was wrong segments on the look back at it segment that we normally do. And I'm staying away from the Cardinals. Uh, this week, I'm taking the Rams, giving up 8.5 at Detroit. We just saw Chicago go in there on a short week uh, on the road at Detroit and roughed up Detroit. I expect the Rams to do just the same. They're already going to be without Marvin Jones. No lock that on Johnson's going to play this week. So I'm going to take the Rams. I hate giving up 8.5, but you know what? I'll give up the 8.5, and, and I'll take the yeah, Rams. That's I think that's a good one. Uh, listen, the line, like I said, the Lions are – they're tanking without saying they're tanking and the Rams are dominant uh, this week. You know, I've lost two weeks in a row. I'm a man of streaks when it comes to the GT bets parlays. You know, I missed, I missed the first two. I won the next four. I've missed the last two. So it's just, yeah, yeah, yikes. But anyway, I'm going to go with a little risky one again, because you know, maybe I just want to rock the Jeff Fisher mustache, Randy. I'm going to go Vikings plus six at new England crazy you know to go into foxborough but kirk cousins been playing in cold weather his whole life adam thielen's just a monster man stefan diggs decided he was gonna come and get 100 yards every game too they're just they're in a battle i feel like they're having a jeff fisher mustache bet trying to get 100 yard games every week and dalvin cook looked pretty good i'm not sure if they win but i do think the vikings will cover vikings plus six Come on, Vikings. I got, I, I got a question for you. Is, uh, is that the Sunday night game? Uh, you know, I don't know that. I, I think head, it is. Well, you better hope it's not. You better hope it's not because uh, if you think Andy Dalton shrinks in prime time, Kirk Cousins said, hold my beer. Yes, I'll shrink. I saw I, that. I'll shrink in too. And you know what? You can think that you have the quarterback. Because I remember when my Colts with Peyton Manning and Dallas Clark and Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison – and I thought we were going to roll into New England the same way that Kirk Cousins is going to do it with Rudolph and Thielen and Diggs. And uh, we had Edge in the backfield. We had Joseph Adai. They've got Dalvin Cook and Lat Murray. And you know what? Bill Belichick still bitch slapped us right square in the mouth. So, yeah, you know, what? I, I don't want to I don't want to uh, make you sweat it's that. It's a 430 game. Oh, well, th- thank God. Uh, the lights go out and so does uh, Kirk Cousins' magic. So, listen. A little bit of a longer show, kind of a lot going on. We want to talk trades. You guys love trade shows. Uh, and don't forget our homies over at the Dynasty Trades HQ. They do trades each and every week from all perspectives. But we just like talking trades. We like talking Dynasty. Thanks again for having Nate on. So, uh, Jerry, any parting words in this very pivotal week 13? Oh, make your moves. Don't stand pat. Win your title. Uh, as this, as of this hitting your your phone, your device, and thank you for doing that um you've got approximately 30 hours to make something happen if your trade deadline is in fact 8 p.m on thursday night get after it slide in them dms strike up a conversation use boxer use group me use a, a twitter group chat whatever it is you got to do get in them dms get them deals done so on behalf of jerry sinclair at jerry sin dff i am uh memphis just memphis to you uh, at DFF Memphis, and uh, Jerry and I will see you next week. So thank you, and good night.